Hey friends, welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I am Nathan. In this episode, we're going to spill the beans. <laughs> Strap in for a ride down memory lane. There are some things you need to know about us. Our passion is building faithful families. Thanks for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. So Nina, our first topic of this episode is what are our first memories about each other. So I think everybody's first memory of Nina, if you went to the Baptist Student Union, was Nina wearing this orange shirt that said Holy Smokes on it. And um, she had these blue breakaway basketball pants. And the reason why she wore those is Nina's very athletic. She likes to get out and exercise and move around. And this was a part of her intramural attire that she would wear often on the campus of our, our university. I remember probably sitting in the Baptist Student Union courtyard and watching this beautiful young lady show up with the beautiful curly hair. And, and so just that's one of my first memories of you. Now, I'm just going to steal some of your thunder. I'm not as memorable in... That's not <laughs> in, true. In college at this time of my life as Nina was. So <laughs> what's your first memory of me? My first memory of you is that you were known as the foosball guy. That's all I really knew about you, that you really liked to play foosball and you were really good at it. Other than that, I really didn't know or have like another memory of you because you were pretty quiet and didn't speak a whole lot at that time. That may be hard to believe for many people who know me now. I have grown and matured over the years, but yes, I was very quiet and uh, I did a lot of my talking at the foosball table. So babe, the next question on our list was, was it love at first sight? And I do have to say I was smitten by you <laughs> very early on. And I know you don't have to reciprocate because you have your own story, but I, w I was very taken by you. You had a kindness that you showed people. Um, you treated everybody with respect and care and, and kindness. And that, that was something that for me as a young college student, as a, as a man trying to develop and mature, that was something that was really attractive. I have this one memory of us going to the movies together with a group of people. We, we definitely weren't dating uh, you sat in front of me, and I can't even remember what the movie was about. And you straightened your hair that day. <laughs> and when you straighten your hair, it's just a different look. It it catches my attention. And that day, it really caught my attention. And so I'm sitting like right behind you, and I just keep staring at the back <laughs> of your head. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this girl's awesome. This lady's awesome. And I, I just stared at your head the whole movie. I guess my hair really rocked that day. <laughs> it was straight, let me tell you. I know that's not how it was for you at the beginning, but when did you start to to change maybe your thoughts towards me or your, your feelings towards me? Well, I wonder if we need to ask a different question. When did you ask me out? Was it shortly after that? I, I imagine it was. And, and Nina, that's a loaded question. So I had been uh, accountability partners with a close friend of yours. And again, back in that day, at that time of my life, I wasn't as outspoken, probably not as adventurous as I am today. Life has matured me, like I said earlier. 
And I had gotten up the guts, the nerve to ask you out. So I spoke with this friend of yours and he just squashes all hope. And he says, Nina is not wanting to date right now. Now, I knew you were going to tell me no, <laughs> but I I had to ask you because I'd worked up the nerve. So I, I come up to you and I'm not like, do you want to be my forever? I didn't even ask you if you wanted to be my girlfriend. All I said was, do you want to do something sometime? And you responded the way I anticipated. I think I was a little bit shocked because of, for several weeks, I think... I just really wanted to be content where I was with God and not worry about wanting to have a boyfriend or a relationship. And that's when you asked if we could do something. I said, no, it's not God's timing. Is that what I said? (laughs) That's exactly what you said. So you said, no, it's not God's timing. And I I was conflicted because A, either you were incredibly mature in your faith and you were listening to the Lord or B, that was like the worst put off of like (laughs) dismissal of an invitation to do something. (laughs) And um, I quickly learned that it was A and not B. It was God, God shows up in crazy ways. So I say, do you want to do something sometime? You say, no, it's not God's timing. The very next week, at least twice, I remember two occasions, we spent hours like hour with an S at the end, plural hours, (laughs) talking to each other on on two different occasions. And I was totally, completely confused because she's like, no, not God's timing. But then every suspicion I had about you, everything that I'd seen was confirmed. My heart, my head, I was just out of whack. I mean, I couldn't figure which direction was up and what direction was down. I think for me, I was confused because those talks helped me get to know you better because I really didn't know you that well. Like I said, I only knew you as Foosball Nathan. I was starting to learn about who you were and I was like, I kind of do like him, but how do I deal with this conflict within myself with what I have been talking to God about? For me, I just ha- I just kept praying and asking the Lord, what am, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to date this person or not? Do I need more time to let you be the the person in my life that I need you to be? Those were those were some of the questions that I was dealing with during those weeks that we were talking more. I also had a a conflict because as we talked more, I did I started developing feelings for you, but you had already asked me if we wanted to do something sometime. I was talking to another good friend saying, I am starting to like Nathan, but I don't know how to deal with what he asked me. Am I supposed to go back to him or do I need to wait for him to ask me again? Or what do I need to do? I had no idea what to do. When you were starting to have these questions and doubts, that was seven weeks after our first talk that night where you're like, no, I'm not available. I'm not open for for dating right now. So seven weeks had taken place. I was confused because I had grown to like you more and in the immaturity of that time in my life I'm like well if she doesn't want me then maybe like I just move on that would have been ridiculous (laughs) that would have been the worst decision ever and I, I praise God that he protected me from making a idiotic move I praise him for protecting me from making the wrong move 
because I do believe that he had good plans for us, right? I go home one day. I I commuted to campus, and so it took me about 30, 40 minutes to, to get home. Usually I didn't go home because on, I believe it's a Monday night. I think it was a Monday. Monday nights I had a, a choir a rehearsal. I, I sing with a group at the BSU, and, and I had uh, practice that evening. And so you finally received the advice, the counsel from your friend, like, Nina, you need to do something because I started, right? How 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 do you explain that side of things? Well, very similar. I, I kept talking to her about, well, what, what do I need to do? And she was like, hey, he already served his heart on a platter. I think this is how she worded it. It's your turn to show up and tell him how you feel. So I went home, came back for practice that night, and I'm practicing. I, I know nothing is happening in the world. Like, the universe is just kind of running like it's supposed to for me. What were you feeling? Because you had to wait a little bit longer to talk to me. There was this encouragement board at the BSU, and so you could leave people little notes of encouragement or something that you wanted to share with them. And I think I put a note on that board asking if we could talk either before your practice. And we couldn't. I had to wait till after your practice. I think that's the way it went. I don't remember all the details of how it happened. But what I do remember is we finally connected. You told me we needed to talk. You wanted to talk. And the thing that sticks in my mind, and I can't remember much of the conversation besides it, but you said, it's okay now. (laughs) <laughs> and, and like so many things in life, that phrase out of context would not mean much. But what we had been discussing, what we had been going through, it was okay now for us to start a relationship with each other. And something I'm super excited about is since that moment when you said, it's okay now, we've been together ever since. Yep. November 15th, 1999, right? Man. We're getting old. (laughs) (laughs) So we were doing the college thing, and we started dating. And in 10 months' time, I knew I wanted to marry you. I knew I wanted to marry you by then, too. Well, good. We we had this uh, fun tradition, and I would make up stories, but in my mind, I really wasn't making up stories. It was things I could see doing with you and see how I could spend life with you. So we're telling these stories we get engaged. We decide to be married. We both agreed. That's <laughs> yes. that's a good thing. And uh, we were engaged. We dated for 10 months and we were engaged for 15. Maybe everybody doesn't agree with us, but we think shorter engagements are better. Yeah, I would agree with that. But um, And hopefully we'll still uh, agree when our five ladies <laughs> in the house are, are wanting short engagements as well. Our faith has always been important for us, and a part of our faith is the opportunity to minister together. And so we met at the Baptist Student Union. That is a a Christian organization on on secular campuses. And I got to see how you ministered to other people. Something that was important for both of us was Bible studies and inviting underclassmen to be a part of groups so that they felt connected. Hmm. But we also did band ministry, and we would go and spend time with middle schoolers, high schoolers, and do something called the Disciple Now Weekend. Do you have any memories of our early days of ministry together or kind of watching each other from a distance as we ministered? I think that the the Bible study groups was something that really stands out to me with our time in college. 
Something that I got to participate in with being a part of the band ministry was Bible study again with middle schoolers or high schoolers, depending on where the need was for that disciple now. And then you would also be in a Bible study group when you weren't doing the band throughout the course of the weekend. And that was a really neat experience to be able to do that together and minister together with reaching out to young people. And so if, if you're listening to this episode, uh, regardless of the stage of your relationship with the person you're with, or, or even if you're not in a relationship right now, we feel so strongly that God's body needs to encourage the body of Christ. And so if there's ways for you to minister, find that way. If you don't know of a way to minister in a, a local body of Christ, then reach out to leadership. But for us, it was really important to know who we were as ministers of the gospel. If somebody's in your life right now, you need to figure out how you can do ministry with that person, regardless of how long you've been with them, how long you've been together. There was something that was happening during college for you that we had to struggle through for a while, and, and it was so important in your life that it almost meant that we weren't going to get married. And God had been laying on your heart that you would live life overseas, and that was something that was not on my radar. Like, how did you know God was asking you to do that, and why did you feel so passionately about that? When I did move down to college my freshman year, God started working on my heart with a desire to live in another country and live out life there the way I was living it out in the United States. The end of my freshman year of college, when I had an opportunity to go to East Asia and I decided, I felt like God was asking me to go. Now, there's an interesting story there about my my dad, he had just had a heart, a major heart attack, and my mom and I were having trouble connecting with each other. And she was calling, trying to get a hold of me to tell me about my dad. I was trying to get a hold of her to tell her about this opportunity to go to East Asia. When we finally connected, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. But in the end, people gathered around me and prayed, and I felt like I was supposed to go. It was there while I, while I was in East Asia that God just laid on my heart again, this is what I want you to be doing, living overseas, living out your life for me in another country. So at that time, I felt very confident that I should be living out my life for the <laughs> Lord in the United States. It, and that was the dilemma. And so we would go up and visit your parents in the Kansas City area, and we would talk, and sometimes we'd cry, and we'd pray, we reached a point where we felt like we either needed to be on the same page or, or we couldn't be married. And it was, it was how do we resolve these two things that don't appear to be matching up well. And, and something that happened in your life is that God gave you the okay to, to marry me. Yeah. I mean, when we prayed about it, I just, I didn't understand how he would work out these details. And this major thing that we were trying to make a decision about, what is God calling each of us to do, both of us to do individually? But then, are we supposed to get married? I knew that we didn't need to continue in the relationship if it wasn't going to lead to marriage. Mm. And he just put peace in my heart that I've got the details worked out. Keep moving on with this relationship. 
How did you feel about it? I didn't like the idea of losing you because we had we had been in a relationship for months now and I I knew from the beginning that it's possible that your heart was in another place. And and that was a struggle because I was content with where we were. I was content in the United States. I was content near family and friends. But on the inside I was really struggling because God started moving in my heart in a way that rocked my reality. And fortunately, over over that time, it was our prayers together. It was our time in vehicles. It was time talking. It was time sharing life together. Little by little, my heart opened up to the idea of, of living overseas. And I didn't know that, though. No, I, I didn't want anybody <laughs> to know that, though. Um it was hard. It was really hard because it was it was changing my plan for my life. It was changing what I saw the future looking like. Hmm. And and it was really hard when we reached the point where we went, is this a, is this a deal breaker for marriage? Yeah. Yeah. We're approaching the time to get married. We were still in college when we got married and we were in our 7th semester. I just finished. So we decided to get married on December 15th. And that was a Saturday. And so I had finals, I believe, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You had finals all the way up till... Thursday. Thursday. So take your final final on Thursday. We have a day to just finish up all the rest of the wedding stuff. We had rehearsal dinner that Mm -hmm. night as well. And then on Saturday, we are married. It has been an incredible journey. I have enjoyed our journey together. I've heard, I've heard God speak, and and I'm going to describe this as, as an audible voice of God. I believe I've heard it two or three times in life. And this is after we did get married. This is after we got married. We were, we were at church, and as clearly as I've ever heard a voice, I hear God say, "You need to get ready to, to move your stuff," and. And again, out of context, that sounds silly, crazy, rather ridiculous. But in in light of the years and the months of time that we had been talking about this, I knew that God had put it on my heart now that we would be moving as a married couple, as, as husband and wife, and that wherever he sent us, for whatever reason he sent us, we needed to obey that and, and live our lives in that way. It was really interesting, though, the timing of all that. Because the week prior, God had stirred up in my heart again this idea of living overseas. I laid it down and hadn't like mulled over it a lot. But about a week before you had that encounter with God, I started asking God, okay, if we are supposed to live overseas, you have to speak through Nathan. It, it has to come from him and he has to lead us to do that. And I appreciate, as you have been so many times in our married life, you've been a solid presence, but you've not been an overwhelming presence. And so in that situation, you wanted me to step up as leader. You wanted me to do what God was asking of us and, and take the first step. That was that was hard. I mean, that wasn't the step I had planned for myself, but um, I appreciate that you've let me lead you for over 20 years in life now. Well, that's because you're letting God lead you. Mm-hmm. So we arrive overseas, we end up in Indonesia, there was culture shock, and there was language school, and we were different. 
we would look around and no one looked like us. And we would try to communicate and no one spoke like us. And for me, that was a very intriguing time in life because it felt like what we were going through, everything was like a magnifying glass. So when you had a good day, you had a really good day. And when you had a bad day, it was really rough. Do you remember any of those uh, early, early moments of trying to adapt to a new culture? Everything is so new and different and you want to learn their culture, you want to learn their language, but it was so hard to really understand what people were saying. I could read words better than I could pick up on people's audible language. And I remember thinking that you could do that very well. I felt like you were taking off with the language a lot better than than I was, but I felt like we made a good team because you were able to pick up on on things that people were saying, even put things together where I had a harder time putting those things together. We're very competitive, right? <laughs> we, we like to play games. We like to compete. Uh, we like to win. And this was a time in life where I think we had to step back and go, we don't win as individuals. We have to win as a couple. And so what you could do and the, the giftings you could bring to the table were very different than the giftings I could bring to the table. I remember uh, being in language school and, and having class and one of the professors would ask you to read and it would sound beautiful. And I'd, <laughs> I would think like, it's like she's been here forever. And I always felt insecure in that. And you felt insecure in different ways. But when we came together, we, we complimented each other. Another important lesson during language school, and it's not that it was a new lesson, but it was just a reminder lesson, is is sometimes you really focus in on specific details. And sometimes I get, I, I step back and look at thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. And so in language school, you would get stuck on a word and I would understand the complete concept. But when it came down to me communicating a very specific word, you would have the right word to say, and I would have to say like a sentence to communicate the same thing. So our giftings complemented each other. It gave us an opportunity to to live life well, I believe, yeah. in Indonesia. Another interesting thing, even though we were different, we started just loving people. Hmm. We got to love uh, so many people. We lived in two different cities, actually three different cities while we were overseas. Uh, four, if you count the <laughs> cities where our kids were born, or four of our kids were born. We just started loving people. And and that's something amazing about life. And I think especially life, when you think of how God intended life to be, it's not like adding a new person overwhelms our capacity to love. Mm. Like you can add another person and you can add another person. And for some reason, when we're seeking the Lord, just our love continues to grow and expand and abound. Something that was really cool for me is we started doing life really deeply with, with a group of people we met and were a community of Christ in our homes. And that was a that was a big paradigm shift compared to how we did body life in the United States. Do you have any um, good memories about doing house church and, and meeting with believers in our homes? One of the highlights of being with believers overseas is getting to dive into God's Word together and discuss what, what God's Word is saying to us and even to other people. I just loved hanging out and being with people with house church or when we would just gather with with them for fellowship time too. 
an interesting thing about Indonesian culture is I would consider it a a warm culture. It was mm-hmm. also a warm climate, <laughs> yes. but but a warm culture where it wasn't uncommon for for people to be in your home. One of the things our kids missed when we came back to the United States is they said nobody showed up on motorcycles and just visited on a daily basis. And so we, we became very accustomed to that warm culture. We have um, dear friends who who we miss, dear friends who, who changed us, and, and God used them in our lives in many ways to, to make us who we are today. Yeah, I, I, miss, I miss our Indonesian friends and the... A lot, a lot of the cultural things too that we we don't have yeah. here. So, how about we curb some of those topics for a new episode? Definitely, I think there could be many, many episodes out of that. And if you haven't figured out, we are back in the United States now. If you know our story, you would know that. If you're new to the Nathan and Nina life, um, we are back in the United States, and and honestly, I think we need to devote a whole episode or two to explain how that process played out and and how we got back here. Yeah. Hey, Nina, it has been such an adventure, such a joy, such an honor to be a part of your life. I love you, and we say forever and always, and I, I want that love for each other to be forever and always. We have grown a life that that's full of memories, a house full of kiddos, and I just pray that God will continue to use us in ways that bring some honor and glory. I hope this podcast is a part of it, but we do ministry and, and things that, that we had done overseas, we've tried to pull back into life in the States and, and it looks different at times, but it's good stuff. Definitely good stuff. I wouldn't want to do life without a really deep community group. Yeah. Hey friends, uh, it's about time to end this episode. We we wanted to give you a little bit of context of who we are, share some stories about life, how we met, how we've lived our married life together, and and kind of catch you up so you could understand who we are and what we're about. Nina, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience today? Hey, share your story with other people, hmm. especially your God's story. It's It's beautiful what God has done in our life, how he's changed us. You know, he made, he's made us a new creation because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're, we're able to live this life that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. And so I would just encourage people to run after God and seek him and let and, and tell your story to other people. Great advice. I like it. Hey, friends, we want to continue to be about the business of building faithful families. And that includes our family. That includes yours. Again, thank you for listening today. We will talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye.